What's happening, y'all? This is Todd Wilson with another episode of Elevate Your Game. Today, we have husband, father, head coach, CEO, and founder, uh, uh, former pro, Rolo Nunez. Rolo, welcome up, to the show, my brother. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely, man. It's um, finally glad to have you on the show, man. Um, just like you said a few minutes ago, man, we've grown in this basketball game together. And so it's so awesome to see your growth with your family, your faith and hoop and um you know always can always bounce stuff off of each other and um continue to grow in this game but let's get started first the wall of hoop movies your favorite favorite hoop movie of all time and why i'm looking across the board and i'm just it's hard for me to decide you know growing growing up as a young kid i would watch above the rim coach carter even the sixth man like space jam but I think the one that I would probably say my favorite and I could just watch over and over is Above the Rim. Yeah. Like I would just get inspired on just the, the grind mm-hmm. from a high school player and then pursuing trying to be a college basketball player um, and the ins and outs of the game. So I think I'll, I'll pick that one. Sure. Kylie Watson. All right. So who are you running? Well, are you running with Bird's team or are you running with your coach's team in the shootout? Oh, what my, you doing? My coach's team, man. <laughs> I, I'm not going to do my coach like that. I got to run with my coach. Yes, yeah. yes, no, man. Um, my favorite part of the movie, of course, is when the guy gets a rebound and passes to himself for the fast break layup. <laughs> awesome production. <laughs> favorite part of the movie right. is that. Yeah. Definitely a lot yeah. of good moments. Yeah. Um, so let's start this off, man. When did you fall in love with basketball? Man, I fell in love with basketball unexpectedly. You know, we moved from Pacoima over to North Hills. My parents said, hey, we're going to move to a different house. And um, I was heartbroken because I had all my friends in Pacoima, never played basketball, never touched basketball, but come to this new house. We had an empty spot in the backyard. My coach, or sorry, my coach, my dad <laughs> asked my older brothers, what do you guys want, a pool or a basketball court? And they both decided to pick a basketball court. And I was like, what? As a kid, <laughs> you're like, why didn't you guys say pool? So I ended up working out because we ended up playing basketball a lot. Um, outdoors and just trying to prove my brothers that I can play and I wanted to beat them. And so that's what motivated me to even practice on my own because I wanted to play with my brothers and their friends in the backyard. What age were you when that move happened? About seven, eight years old. Okay. So yeah, young boy. Okay. So you started playing early, man. If you guys don't know, the Nunez family are all shooters. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they all can shoot. Yeah. Where, where did that skill come from? Just the shooting? Is that something that just happened because you guys played so much or did you have somebody did your dad teach you like where did that skill come you know from? i think it just came naturally to us you know we all started shooting around in the backyard and my brother especially alfonso was the one that kind of pulled me aside and helped me work with my game in the backyard and we had those moments as you know as your older brother wants you to play well and do well he'd throw the ball at me and just kind of motivate like hey why are you quitting don't quit and just mm-hmm. keep going um but in a loving way right he always bring me to the side and just love on me but there was definitely times where I just hated them, but you know, it was, it was worth it, man. It was, it was a lot of good memories there. Awesome. And then when was the first time you played organized basketball then? It's so funny, man. So my neighbor had a daughter, just one daughter, and he put a team together at the YMCA and he just looked over the fence and he shot, saw me shooting around. He's like, Hey, do you want to play? I was like, yeah, I'd love to play. Wow. Little did I know it was an all girls team against all boys. And I was the only boy. One other kid was was there with me, but it was just a long season because for us to kind of just start playing basketball all at the same time, 
and and just being the only boy i was just like okay with it i, I didn't have no problems with it but it was definitely some challenges there because yeah. the girls would get frustrated when i would just shoot threes and only threes <laughs> and i would never make them but i just kept doing it <laughs> it worked out in the long run right, like right. that's the rest up i guess yeah. So, um, as the eight-year-old Juana man, how did no? <laughs> <laughs> pretty yeah, much, that, that's pretty crazy. Pretty that's, much. that's cool. And and um, okay, so moving on from YMCA league, um, what happened next with your basketball journey? Where where did you really see your game take a turn into being, you know, one of the better players out there? You know, I started just following and and following my my brother along. Like he would open up gyms, you know, because he worked for this uh, city. Uh, and what he would do is just go around middle schools, open the gyms up for people that wanted to rent the gyms. And I would just tag along and I would just be there all day, all night by myself, just shooting on the other side of the basket. Mm. And then I started playing with my friends in school and I just started seeing like, man, I'm starting to really get better. And I started balling it up in the back mm. in, at school during recess, during lunch. And, and that's when I started seeing myself really develop to that next level. That's awesome. Did you play AAU ball? Yeah. I did not, man. You know, my parents worked so much that we weren't even familiar with like AAU basketball. You know, all I would do is just tag along with my brother and from each gym and and just kind of get picked up here and there from other teams that needed an extra player. Mm -hmm. But that was about it. Wow. So it's yeah. like truly organic how you developed yeah. your skill. That's yeah. crazy. It wasn't until probably um my eighth grade year when i finally started playing with the organized basketball team and my coach ben at the time man he would go out of his way to pick me up from my house to mm. take me to practice take me to the tournaments and that was one guy man that i always remember that really cared for me and really took care of me yeah. and wanted me to do well so he's one of those guys yeah it's interesting i don't know i know i do it very like now that I'm older and I have my own kids, it's less. But I, I was that person because I had my coach pick me up too, mm -hmm. all of middle school. Like that was coach Todd needs a ride to practice. Like somebody had to pick me up. It was mm -hmm. part of their routine. They lived kind of out of the way, but mm -hmm. they still did it, and that made me do it as I got older as well. Yeah. Just that that mindset of kind of like that mentor and somebody who wants it, right. and and the determination and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think it carries over generation to generation yeah. and how much it happens now. Like, I guess I don't know. I should know because I'm around a bunch of these kids. <laughs> but um, I, I wonder how often that happens now, like with this generation. You know what? Um, anytime there's a kid that needs help or needs a ride or even me staying a little later in the night just to kind of make sure that they're picked up, mm -hmm. I'm more than willing to go out of my way to be there. Yeah. Because, I, I, you know, growing up, I didn't have uh, that's that just you know, my parents were just working so much that I was just not able to get a ride, right? So yeah. for me, I'm always willing to help out when they need it, right? So for the kid whose parents work a lot today, what would you, what kind of advice would you give them? Um, there's so many different opportunities from when we were growing up as far as AAU programs, training and those types of things. But for those kids who don't have the access because their parents are working hard to provide for them or whatever the case is, what kind of advice would you give them to, you know, take that step and getting better and improving. I think you always got to try to find a way, right? You, you, whether it's outside and in your backyard, if you don't have, if you don't have a backyard to go down the sidewalk and make sure you're somebody's supervising you, right. But make sure you go out there and, and try to put in the work somehow, some way, right. There's always ways to get better, yeah. right? There's YouTube. Now there's a lot of trainers out there teaching different ways, how you can train at home. And there's always a way, if you want it, you got to find a way.
Yeah. Man, love that. No, I love that because I think kids come up with excuses now of mm -hmm. why they're not getting better because I don't have this trainer. I'm not in this program or whatever it is. But that's how I got better the same way. Just going outside, big, big cousin figure mm -hmm. helped me, showed me how to hoop. And he just showed me what he knew. And he wasn't great, right. but he, you know, showed me a good crossover and how to shoot high over people. Mm -hmm. and that's how my basketball, mm -hmm. you know, journey started was just that little thing. And not only that, it sparked my interest because man i wanted to be like him like that somebody's mm -hmm. investing into me to be good at something that i don't even know how to do right it does a lot and right. so shout out to all the coaches and parents and people who are doing that part like absolutely. just helping kids for with with nothing no you know no skin in the game yeah not looking for the next michael jordan man. you know he, he, i remember to this day you know when i was playing against one of my brother's friends he'd come over the house and just play two on two or one on one and then as soon as they were done, I'd shoot around and he started guarding me. And then I realized even as I was getting better, I was just shooting. I was better, like better than most of my friends. I go out there and play with my older brother's friends. And I shot the ball and he blocked my shot every time. Mm. And then he started teaching me like, hey, you're winding up when you shoot. So I, I, I know where you're going to shoot. So I'm just going to block it every time. Ever since that day. I took a mental note of that. I was like, I can't shoot like this anymore. Cause I would shoot, you know, passing <laughs> my shoulder and just throw it with strength and it just go in. So it just kept, yeah, I just kept shooting that way. But then as soon as I experienced that level of play, I was like, I need to make an adjustment. Yeah. I got to start making sure my form is here and not here. So they don't know when it's coming. Right. So those are the kind of things I appreciated just growing up. Like you said, picking up from other guys and teaching yeah. me the game. That's interesting because I think, so this is my philosophy on shooting. If you're a shooter, like if you're like born with the talent and ability to shoot, you're going to make shots, <laughs> making shots more consistently. Right. Or being like you're like a sniper. Right. <laughs> you fixed your form and you became that much better of a shooter. <laughs> so for me, I think shooting is a mindset thing. For sure. I think you have something in your brain. I played with you, so I know this. Is that <laughs> Rolo thinks he's going to make every single shot, no matter what, how he shoots it off balance, on balance. Yeah. You believe it's going in for sure without a doubt yeah. every single time. Never even you say, Oh, it's coming off left. <laughs> I've never even heard that from his mouth. <laughs> and uh that I, I speak to that. Was that something that was developed at a young age where you just kind of like had that confidence, or how did you build that confidence? I think it's something natural that was just in, instinctually, I just uh had that in me, I guess. I'm not a um, I'm not a super energetic or I'm not like outspoken the way I play. Everything mm -hmm. is even keel. So my mm -hmm. personality is just being here and not too much up here. Right. So mm -hmm. I think that helped me with my shooting because I was just like, you know what? If it goes in, it goes in. If it doesn't, it's not <laughs> going in. But I'm going to keep shooting. I'm going to keep shooting. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Just keep shooting, kids. Yeah. Until you coaches telling kids to stop shooting in middle school, shut up. <laughs> like, call me about it for real. I'm tired of hearing. My coach told me not to shoot. Like, oh, man. you're not preparing them for anything. Right. Tell them not to shoot in middle right. school. Like, now, tell them to get in the gym and shoot better shots and whatever it is, but help them. Stop telling them to not shoot. At the times I've, I've heard that, like, from three different kids, three mm. different programs in the last three months. Wow. And it's like, it's uh, sickening. Like, right. you're telling a middle schooler not to shoot. That's it's, crazy. So, like, that's not your role. You ain't defining roles in middle school no, for most no, of these no, kids, no. man. What are we you're, talking you're, about? You're limiting them, right? Yes. You know, for their development. Yeah, I didn't learn how to shoot seriously until I was in almost college. Mm. You know, like until yeah. I really, really got it. So, um, sorry, 
not to go off on people <laughs> sometimes. Um, great. All right. So high school is or you said you had organized basketball in eighth grade a little. Uh, what was that experience? Um, it was pretty good, man. We, you know, my coach uh, was able to get us out and play against teams like Modern Day and other big programs, um, which allowed me to get some looks from college coaches. And I was unexpected. You know, I, I was just playing to play the game because I love playing. Mm. And then we go out there and play in front of some college scouts. It was a great experience. You know, what so, team? What, do, what was the team name? Do you remember? That was scouting. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That oh, that you're playing we, on. So we were called um, Lights Out, and then we combined with another team called the Jaguars. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. So playing AAU ball then, and then high school. So high school experience. You go in as a freshman. What, what was your journey through high school? Man, I was I was looking forward to tryouts for so long. You know, growing up, growing up in middle school, I would watch my brothers play for their high school, which was Monroe High School, the high school I was going to go to. And I just always think about, okay, I can't wait for tryouts because I'm I'm going to make the team. Like, no matter what, like, I'm going to go out there and prove myself. And so the first day of tryouts came around, and I noticed that all the coaches had a notepad. And I noticed that nobody was asking for my name. But I was like, I was doing okay. I was doing doing great, but I was trying to play the right way. So I was passing the ball. I was dri dribble, drive, kick. But I barely shot the ball. It's just little opportunities because everybody's trying to shoot the ball. Mm -hmm. But I was just trying to play the right way. And then I noticed, like, nobody's asking for my name. I don't think I'm making the team right now. And so the second day comes around, like, you know what? I'm just going to go out there and almost shoot it every time if I have to. But they're going to know my, who I am. <laughs> Ended up. Having was I was I did really well my second day and um, not only did they ask for my name but then the varsity coach sees me walking around lunch and says hey you need to be practicing with us wow um, so that was just um, uh, just a wow moment for me like as a young kid like growing up like oh man this is this is awesome no that's uh you took your shot and took a leap of faith by just being aggressive I talk mm -hmm. to kids about that a lot. Is that something that you use now for your, your coaching techniques about giving kids confidence and mm -hmm. um, believing in themselves? You know, what do you teach kids now about that and from, you know, pulling from your experience? Yeah, you know, we try to set uh, the bar high. You know, I want you guys to achieve here like this. And you might be here right now, but you got to believe that we're going to get you here by your work ethic. We're going to push yourself. We're going to challenge you, but you got to believe that you're going to get here by you know how hard you're working how often are you working and just instilling that work ethic mm -hmm. it's going to build your confidence so the more you practice the more confident you're going to be in the game you know mm -hmm. for me as a coach i want to continue to give them that confidence and it's like the next one's going in just get back on defense let's yeah. get it back let's get it back the next absolutely. one the next one right but just trust the process absolutely and so uh so you get pulled into varsity workouts as a freshman and your coach is Coach Don. Right? Don Lopreno. Yep. <laughs> yep. Awesome. So, um, as a freshman, you make varsity. So I started out practicing with the JV and varsity team, um, and they started started me off with the JV team. And I was always battling with this other freshman, Justin Ritter. And we grew up since elementary all the way middle school, all the way to high school, and they would always compare us to, like, mm. oh, who's better. And even my brother would use that as motivation when we work out. Justin's better. He's get, he's working harder than you right now. You got to mm -hmm. keep going. And so when he got moved up to varsity before I did, it just it ticked me off. Uh -huh. I was so upset. 
um, to the point where every time I scored a, in the JV team, a JV game, I'd look up at the stands, make sure the coach Lopren was watching. Hmm. So I would look at him every single time I would score. And I think I remember one time he noticed and he would just smile because I think he was trying to do that on purpose to get me to yeah, turn up, turn up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and sure it. enough, like the next probably game or two, it didn't take that very long. He moved me up to varsity, like the last three games of the season. Oh, oh. yeah. All right, man. So were your brothers on varsity then or are they already had graduated? So they had already graduated. They had a grad- yeah. Okay, so they were already gone. And mm-hmm. so then you came in. Um, and man, it sounds like your brother was it brother. Was it your brother specifically or brothers? So both of them, right? So like my oldest brother started off <laughs> the trend. Like, hey, let's play basketball. Um, so I definitely give credit to him because he started it all. And then my second oldest brother, Alfonso, who you yeah. know. Um, Strap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's the one that took it and, and ran with it. Got it. You know, he he's the one that wanted to prove himself as well because he was overweight believe it or not oh really he was very overweight wow and throughout his high school career he wasn't really able to go out like that because he was heavy Mm. and his senior year man he lost 60 pounds whoa yeah not only because he wanted to play basketball because he wanted to impress a girl now is his wife oh it worked which is yeah (laughs) (laughs) love that so yeah he was a big part of my development man for sure that's awesome, man. I did not know that about Fonzo. Mm-hmm. And the the outside motivators that make us do make good decisions in life, right? Mm-hmm. A girl and who <laughs> yeah. you know, allowed him to, yeah. to get healthy and 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 drop the pounds that he mm-hmm. felt like he needed to drop. Man, that's amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. The outside motivator, you, um, the other guy on your team that you were being compared to, kind of flicked the switch with you. And mm-hmm. there's positive ways to use those like negative motivators or things that people think sometimes like. Oh, you should only be motivated by something positive. Like, no, you can, you can use something else to fuel a fire in you that has positive results. You know, as long as you, you didn't hate the kid, you just no. hated that he was on varsity right. before you. <laughs> right, so, right. Um, use that. That's a no, absolutely. I think we got to use that fuel to fire us up, right? Yeah, to motivate us and keep going. Continue to know, like, you know, I might not be there yet, but I'm gonna try to get there. I'm gonna try to get there. Awesome. All right. So freshman year, did you play AAU between your freshman, sophomore year? So, you know, um, I didn't know too many people that were playing in the AAU circuit. Um, So I was just kind of focused on high school and that was it. So once I entered high school, I thought that was the the way to the route to get to college is like just do well in high school. Mm -hmm. And now it's a lot different. right? Right. So there's many more ways to get into college. But for me, I didn't know any better. I was just like, I just got to do well in high school and kill it. But um, so, yeah, that was my mindset. Just awesome. play, so you just play, play high school. school. Yeah. And then so what um, what were you working on and how often were you? What was all right? Um, I'm in uh, Rolo summer getting ready for a sophomore year. What am I seeing you in the gym? How often am I seeing you in the gym? Man, every day, you know, I practice. Even if we did have practice, I'd go home, eat a bowl of cereal and then go right back outside and shoot. And, and that was just my daily thing. I would always find ways to continue to just go out and shoot. Even if it was raining, if it was, I just go out there at least for like 30, 40 minutes and just mm-hmm. get up shots. Yeah. Because you know what motivated me is watching Michael Jordan and his highlights. Like we all grew up watching those highlights. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, I gotta work on that. I gotta work on this. Yes. And then Kobe Bryant comes around like, man, this dude, <laughs> oh, I gotta do this. 
for me being a shooter, I would watch guys like Ray Allen because I'm like, man, I'm not super athletic, but man, I love shooting and I'm pretty good at it. So I'm going to continue to perfect this craft. Um, so Ray Allen was the guy for me that I would watch a lot. Mm, that makes yeah. sense. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Put it all together. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So what was the what was the big moment of recognizing that, hey, I'm good in high school? What was that moment? What what year did that come where it's like is it was there a game or a moment in practice that you remember like, man, okay, I can do this. Oh man, I, I would I would say one of those moments was when um so I, I had a girlfriend at the time and we were it was just a bad day. We had a, a fight right before the game starts. And I go in there and I'm just playing basketball just like any other game. But at the end of the game, coach looks up to me. He's like, you just scored 12 threes. And we had 12 threes yeah, in the game? Yeah, 12 threes in the game. And I just looked like, oh, I, didn't even, I wasn't even aware. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And so the, the, that moment I remember like, you know what? I'm, I'm pr pretty good at this. I'm going to fight with my yeah. girlfriend before every game. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I don't know if I'll do that, but it was one of the moments like, man, I, I guess I did make 12 threes, you know? Wow. Um, Wait, uh, that was sophomore or junior year? When was that? This is, I, I believe, my junior year. Your junior year. Yeah. Oh, man. That's crazy. I've, I think the most I've ever made was eight in a game. Mm. Uh, 12 is crazy. <laughs> That's I think, isn't that the NBA record for a game, too? I believe so. I think it's around that. I think it's yeah, like yeah. 12. Yeah, yeah, that's that's ridiculous. Um, yeah. What do you see when you shoot? Oh, man. Uh, you know, I, I I don't really focus on one area. Sometimes I'm focused on the defender. Like, how high do I need to shoot it up? How am I going to get my shot off right now? Mm -hmm. It's gotten to that point where it just naturally I'm just shooting. I'm not necessarily looking at the ball or the rim. You know, if there's a game where I'm missing too many shots, then I'll start like, okay, I got I got to focus on this part, front of the rim. And if it's too short, I'm going to go back of the rim. Um, but there's no, like, one way for me. It's just me. I'm just, like, in the flow of the game. And it's always been like that? It has. It has, to be that honest. So and I crazy. hate to say that because I'm a coach and I'm a trainer. No. Because I want to give you each player, like, a spe specific way. And there are ways I train a kid how to shoot the ball. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's just. No, I'm the same way. So yeah. defensively, mm -hmm. I'm the same way. I was just yeah. natural. Yeah. You know, I've heard many different ways to do it. My way is like, it's just natural for me to play defense yeah. a certain way. And I try to teach it. Mm -hmm. And it's like certain, it takes a very special kid to understand it, how I think about it. Mm -hmm. And so I get what you're saying. Like, it's just, <laughs> there's some things that are just natural. So, yeah. you know, I always try to take, you know, some, some little yeah little nuggets I, to, to I, get... I need my shot to be better so, <laughs> <laughs> so even you know even at this age i still want to be better so yeah i hear you um so high school senior year let's talk about your senior year going in there um best player on your team you know what i wasn't um i i thought i was mm -hmm. um i was just that confident like i'm i don't care what you say i'm the best player but we had two guys uh d1 uh potential athletes and one of them actually did go d1 to cal poly san luis obispo but he had the body. He had that. Who were these people? Darwin Witten. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So he was on our team, and then Brandon James. Oh yeah, yeah. He's six five, six six, huge body. Mm -hmm. No, he had a very good footwork, good hands. Um, I think he ended up going somewhere in Hawaii, but he should have went Big West, I believe. So I was, I was like the third guy, um, and you know, anytime a scout would come to our practices, 
my assistant coach would always go, man, this is what you do. Like every time we have somebody come in, they're always asking, who's that guy? Yeah. Um, so, you know, it was just a matter of, I think I was just too skinny. Um, I wasn't super athletic. So those are the things that were kind of always holding me back from getting to that offer of yeah. like, Hey, we want you. Um, so that was my limitations. Like, oh man, I wish I would have went back and worked on my athleticism a little more, my yeah. jumping ability, just getting a little quicker. Um, but yeah, and, and a lot of it was my weight. I was just bones, skin and yeah. bones, man. So I think that was my limitations right there. Yeah, man. Um, so you guys seemed like you had a pretty good team, two mm -hmm. division one athletes. Who else was in your league? Uh, was there any memorable games from that senior year? And how well did you guys do your senior year? So we had uh, every year was we, we did fairly well, um, but I don't think we were playing the best teams every year. So we would always end up playing one of the best teams in the first round of playoffs <laughs> gotcha. and we get knocked off. Um, but, you know, our rival was Silmar High School. They always had a stacked team back mm -hmm. in the day. Um, they'd have athletes over there and, and we'd go out at it with them. But I think our biggest game was Taft High School when Jordan Farmer was there. Oh, man. Yeah. And we just went up against a monster um, my senior. No, sorry. My junior year. And Don Witten and Jordan Farmer were always like battling of who's the bet, who's the guy. And obviously Jordan Farmer. The George was just, one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, he was almost like LeBron James-esque in the Valley. Like right. he was just dropping 40, 50. He held, we held him to 24, but you know. They ended up beating us, but um, that was that was uh, one of probably the biggest team we played. Awesome, man. Man, it's crazy. Just I love to connect. So we had uh, Sean Jordan Farmer's sister on the show mm. a couple weeks ago, mm. and uh, there's always just connections with who's on the show and who played who and all that kind of stuff. So I always like to connect yeah. those moments and just uh, I, I want the kids to know how rich the Valley in LA basketball culture is. Like mm -hmm. there's some dudes out here mm -hmm. like. And if you watch you now, like you obviously could have played Division One basketball <laughs> with your ability to shoot, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, like you said, if you worked on your athleticism. So for that kid out there who has the shot, but his skin and bone, get your butt in the weight room, mm -hmm. get your butt in there, and do the things that you know you 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 walk so they can run type of stuff. Is like your ability to shoot can take you so far. For sure, and. For sure. Um, Everybody can use a shooter, right? Yeah. Um, but what else can you can you hold yourself on defense? Can you keep your man in front of you? Right? They're they're going to be looking at the bigger picture too, right? Um, because they might find another guy that can shoot just as good as you, but you've got to prove to yourself that, or prove to them that you're going to hold your ground. Right. You're not going to be bullied around. You're not going to get pushed around. Absolutely. So I like I said, if I go back. I definitely work on my athleticism and hit the weight room a little more for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, did you, so after high school, you go into Glendale college. Um, what mm -hmm. was your experience like at doing your college in California? So Glendale college was um, a little different because I was used to being as one of the primary options. And I was at Glendale, but there was a lot of back and forth with the coach, whether he should start me, come bring me off the bench. So it was definitely a, a change for me as far as like my role and and just being okay coming off the bench um, and getting coached at differently. Yeah. It was definitely a different style. So it was uh, definitely a, a change for me and I had to adapt and how to overcome those obstacles as far as like 
my mental state, like staying locked in and, and trying to overcome this. But it was also emotionally and mentally tough for me because my mom was also battling cancer. Uh, and so that kind of demotivated me to go, you know, and drive all the way to Glendale. And it was not that far, but for me, it was just taxing because it was school, basketball, and then come back home and just see my mom in that state. Um, it was tough for me physically, emotionally. Um, and so for me, I was questioning whether I wanted to keep playing. Um, and so fortunately I think God heard my prayers, right? Because God's always listening when you look up and you can want to continue to seek for answers. God has presented an opportunity for me to play pro basketball. And this was only because I was invited to play at a tournament out in Mexico in the middle of the summer. And how that opportunity come up? So my buddies who I play in adult leagues on Sundays, they go out every year to to Mexico and play in this small town and play basketball. Mm. And like, hey, you want to come with us? And I said, yes. I was like, why not? I could use the trip, right? And so I go out there, man. I drop. I don't know, 40 points a game <laughs> and uh, word gets around the town. Everybody starts talking about it. And then uh, I get a call. Uh, as soon as I get back home, I get a call from an agent and say, hey, man, we saw you play. We, we love your game. We want to come bring you for a tryout. And so I go out there for a tryout. We play a, uh, like an exhibition game against an all-American team with just my the team I'd potentially be playing with. And I go out there and kill it. <laughs> and and that's how I made the team. Wow. What, uh, what city were they based in? Torreon. It's a little off from Mon- Monterrey. Okay. Monterrey. Yeah. Awesome. And Karina, you appreciate all the accent. <laughs> I cannot do the Spanish word. She hates it. Um, and, man, what's, what was, you know, going into that situation, going to another country, even though, you you know, your Mexican heritage, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. What what's your mindset? I, I obviously go kill it out there, but um, you know what other motivating factors did you did you have? Like, did you realize that you wouldn't be playing college basketball anymore? And when you got this opportunity, um, playing out there gets you further away from your mother as she's battling cancer. Mm-hmm. You know what what other kind of things were were going on? Yeah, everything. Was, a lot of things were going on around my mind. Um, and I talked to my mom and I talked to my dad, and I even questioned whether I should go or not. And they, without question, without hesitancy, they do like, you definitely got to go. This is your dream. Mm. You've always wanted to do this. And and so I went, man, just because I felt like God presented that opportunity for me. And I want to, like, see where it can lead me. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, man, um, I did pretty good my first year. And it was also tough because um, as as I grew up being one of the main guys to get the ball, like just like in college, you got to get used to playing a different role and accepting your role. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they're bringing another two, three guys to be the scores and yeah. to be the guy on the team. And for me, I was like, cool with it. You know, I, I knew understood, understood the, the, the business side and the game of mm-hmm. like why they are here. And I was considered as a dual citizen over there. So I was in as, there was no, not a lot of pressure, as much pressure as these guys, right, as right. Americans, they have to drop 30 mm-hmm. points to stay on the team. <laughs> so I understood that, but it was, it was fun, man. It was a great experience. And how many years did you play? I played two years. Um, and so after my second year is when I started volunteering 
at Shepherd of the Hills Church. Yeah. Um, and in between that, man, um, I was going even between me playing basketball in Mexico, I would every summer go to Shepherd of the Hills and volunteer and help out. How'd you get connected to Shepherd? So my sister knew about the high school ministry there and she invited us, uh, you know, the family like, hey, why don't we go check out their youth ministry? Uh, she saw, she found out about their ministry, invited us, and we went over there. And I saw, I looked through the window, the dark window, and I see that they have a gym in there. And I'm <laughs> well, like, I'm whoa, <laughs> like uh, this is a nice church. I want to be involved here. And so when I heard they had a basketball league, I started playing in it. Then I get to know the people. They started inviting me around. And then I started volunteering with the youth league. And right before I leave for my third season to play in Mexico, um, I sit down with one of the youth pastors there, the sports pastor. Um, his name's Charles. He goes, hey, we don't want you to leave. We want to keep you here. We want to offer you a job here. Yeah. And so he hits me with that. And I'm like, man, let me pray on it. And I gave, he gave me a couple of days to think about it and uh, pray on it. And God hit me hard. Like, okay, I gave you two years to do your thing. Yeah. Now I need you to do what I'm asking you to do. Mm. And that was like hard for me to accept. I was like, I don't, I, I, I don't coach. I'm not a trainer. <laughs> like who, who am I to do this? Like, I'm, I don't have an experience of coaching and teaching people how to play. Um, but sure enough, man, they gave me that confidence. Um, Charles did. And also Josh, you yeah. know, um, to, to do it. Yeah. And so, what, what did Charles see in you that you didn't see it yourself in yourself that you know now, right? You, you didn't see yourself as a coach or a trainer then. Now that you know that you have this, you have a, a skill, a talent, you're a blessing to people as a, a trainer and a coach. Mm -hmm. What did he see in you then that you didn't know you had in you? Man, he saw my heart. He saw my heart. He, he yeah, he, he knew I can play the game and all that stuff, but he saw the kind of person I was with the kids and the families. I think that's more than anything that drew him to want me to be there with him. Mm -hmm. um, and not to say I'm a I'm an angel or I'm a perfect guy, <laughs> but it was me genuinely caring for the kids. And then there's a saying goes right, like people don't necessarily care how much you know until you show them how much you care. Yeah. And so that was my approach is just caring. I keep hearing this in the background. I'm trying to get you to answer this question. <laughs> I'm just ask you straight up, man. There's there's this uh, remnants of a very strong family unit and character building and love that you keep talking about that you display mm. and how you play the game and how you the passion that you have for people um and your brothers you mentioned your brothers your mm. parents what was it growing up what what is it about your family unit and i see it now with with your wife and, and mm. your kid mm -hmm. um in your program like there's a very strong family dynamic what was it that that happened in your family consistently that kind of built that in you it was my mom. My mom instilled that on us. Like she was always like making sure that you 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 put your family first. Like you put God first, but you got to make sure that you are around your family. Like we're mm -hmm. we're gonna be here for each other. We're gonna be through the ups and downs. Mm -hmm. We need to stick by each other. And she would just always um, make it a point to like, hey, let's go visit your uncle. Let's go visit your your aunt. Yeah, and she, even when we didn't want to, she would drag us by our hair and like, <laughs> "Come on, we're going." Mm -hmm. And now I realize, man, I'm just like, man, I'm really grateful for that. 
for those moments, those times we've spent to, together as a family. And now I know the importance of that. Yeah. And so I try to instill that in my girls and my wife, she, she's, she's there with me, Yeah. you know? Um, and that's much, that's my dream is for them to grow up hang, hang, hanging out with their family. Yeah. Obviously expanding, right? Like just cause they're not blood doesn't mean they're not family. I yeah. want you to spend time with people and love on people. Yeah. And that's how my mom taught us, man. So she's, she was, she was dope for that. So um, thank you for sharing that because mm -hmm. I think that's so important. And I think people miss that, how a family dynamic can impact a person to impact a community. Mm -hmm. And you've done that over and over mm -hmm. again, everything you've been a part of since I've known you. And mm -hmm. so that's where we're coming to the part of the coolest, cool part of the story. This is where we met around the same time. You were volunteering at Shepherd. I was too for the Drew Holiday camp. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe is where we met. Uh, they just posted a picture of this yeah, on yeah. Instagram, literally like yeah, yesterday yeah. or something. I'm like, yeah. oh, this is crazy. Yeah. Um, like I think that's when I first met you, and they were you were deciding to go back to Mexico or not, mm -hmm. and um, you took over the program, and we were working together. Yeah. Um, yeah. What? What? What were you doing? As a coach, then <laughs> you like you said, you just came from playing. Mm -hmm. what, what were you doing? What, what were you trying to put together? Man, I was just trying to teach the kids how I grew up playing. Um, that's how I started it. Yeah. And then eventually when I felt like, you know what, this might be a little too advanced. <laughs> <laughs> I need to break it down and simplify it. And so I started YouTubing, honestly, like I would try to take ideas and, and drills from other coaches and implemented my style of play mm -hmm. and just say, you know what, guys, this is what we're going to work on today. And this is how we're going to build to the next level, how, how we're going to get to this part of the drill. And that's how I pretty much taught myself or learned from YouTube University. Yes. <laughs> uh, was there anybody specific that you used to watch on no, YouTube? No, there were different guys. And it's been so long. But, yeah. um, I, you know, it was definitely helpful for sure. Yeah, no, he, he Rollo used to have me come in and do the defense. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly, like, exactly. Coach Todd, just, defense. Just listen to this guy for sure. And, so. and and that was foreign to me because anytime somebody hears that I'm coaching and preaching defense, they just kind of laugh. They're like, "Oh," well. and and that's only because they only see me shooting all the time. Right. I do play defense. It's just it's very rare where you like, "Oh man, did he just get a steal?" <laughs> right. <laughs> no, absolutely, man. No, you definitely a. Uh, 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 all-around player mm -hmm. uh, on the court. He has dimes. He even gets to the basket. The heaviest, <laughs> crazy. Me and Rolo have epic battles. For sure. Over the last, what, Almost 15 years? Almost every single time. It, it, just, it doesn't even stop even to this day. To this like, day. <laughs> I think the last time we played maybe a year ago or so. Yeah. And I think he had 37. <laughs> uh, he got the best of me for sure. And it's it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter. It's always epic battles. Yeah. And uh, I always just enjoy our competitive yeah, man, efforts. Always and then always, fun. always hug it out and, yeah. and love after. Um, <laughs> man, you had a lot of talent that you were developing early in those Shepherd Leagues. That mm -hmm. Kids now that are moved on to college, either playing basketball, football, or whatever. Um, it, it's, it amazes me um, that, like, how you took something that was, you know, uh, great it had a great setup right mm -hmm. had a court consistent court time all those great things and you took it to the next level with the talent that you brought in mm -hmm. to shepherd and uh, getting the team to compete in high level mm -hmm. tournaments mm -hmm. and all those kinds of things um how do you what did you learn early on in your career to do built to what you have today with g1 
in, in you know, your own program? Um, you know, that your winning's not going to come overnight, right? So winning's going to take some time. We're, we're going to have to accept that we're not going to win every game. And we might not even win any games in the next two, three weeks. But as long as you trust the process and continue to trust that, you know what? We might not be able to beat the press right now, but I guarantee you if you continue to just work on it and handle the pressure, this is just going to be second nature. You guys are going to be able to handle the pressure and just be able to make the adjustments where you're just not losing your mind and panicking and just throwing it anywhere. Mm -hmm. Now you know where the ball has to go and how to move the ball. Mm -hmm. So it's just about accepting that, you know what, guys? It's okay. We're going to, this game was a learning stepping stone for us. Yeah. And we're just going to get better. Let's go back to practice. We're going to continue to work on this and just trust that, you know? And as a coach, I just learned to accept that. Like, hey, we're not going to win every game. But as long as you're giving me your all, I can work with that. Yeah. Um, and so I use that for each and every one of my teams, man. And I even see the growth. When you see the growth, it's like, okay, you guys look at this team over here, guys. You guys say they're a good team. They didn't always look like a good team. <laughs> right. You know, it took some time. Absolutely. And I, I preach that to the parents because they want to see the results and we don't want to see them win right away. But it's it's not realistic all the time. It's just you got to wait. Yeah. It's not your turn right now. Right. You know, like me sitting on the sideline as a kid, I wanted to play so bad, but it wasn't my turn. We mm. all had to sit through that. Yes, absolutely. So. I think it built something in us that this generation doesn't love at all. Mm -hmm. And that the resilience, the work ethic perseverance and being able to deal with discomfort mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and I, I think that's what we miss is like in our generation these kids they feel a little bit discomfort and all of a sudden their parents come and try to i'm gonna say save them they come and try yeah. to save them yeah. and i think sports is such a great tool to teach them hey absolutely and, and, and right now right. At, at the same time they got to learn how to accept how to handle selective memory like <laughs> you know you gotta let go of your failures you can't continue to just keep that in and just create this prison yeah you know for yourself that god never intended you for you to stay in right you gotta let that go just play the next play continue to move on yes move forward but also at the same time you can't stay in the success either right mm -hmm. because that'll hurt you having a big head yeah. and just forgetting how you got there yes <laughs> right so you gotta trust that this is all a process. Yeah. yeah. No, I know um, been a lot of your practices and you you speak to that a lot and how important it is to keep on reiterating these things. Like it's, it's very fundamental mm -hmm. what you're saying, but it's something that needs to be repeated over and over because mm -hmm. I think our nature wants us to succeed right away and, mm -hmm. you know, not make mistakes and all these things. And is that on purpose that you constantly are talking to them about these things and you know not just focusing on the the skill set of it but the mental part of it um and how important is that for the development of the kids in your program yeah because you can apply the game of basketball with life right mm -hmm. and i think they need to understand that we're not always going to be playing basketball the rest of our life but we will live for me i'm gonna live for jesus the rest of my life so the way i walk the way i approach my attitude yeah. Um, is is more important. I, I express this to my players all the time. I care about who you are as a person more than who you are as a basketball player. Yeah. So by you putting your head down when I ask you to do something is telling me that 
you your attitude right now is reflecting like your character dude you got to work on this yes let's try to have a better outlook and and a better response yes man let's not react to that emotional oh because i'm not happy i'm just gonna you know shrug my shoulders or wave off coach or something like that that's gonna affect you on the long run next next time you do that your coach might kick you off the team man yeah so let's work on that now and improve Man, I'm working on that with my four-year-old daughter. <laughs> Let me tell you something. So this is what I had to do. Uh-huh. We started a um, it's a, a jar. It's a bean jar. Um, mm-hmm. I forgot what I call it at this point, but she's getting beans in there mm-hmm. because she, I don't know, one of these TV shows showed her how to show too much emotion. Mm-hmm. And so every time we tell her anything, it's like, hey, don't drink from that cup. Use a straw. Mm-hmm. Just because it's us correcting a behavior, she's automatically in her feelings. And she's four. Mm-hmm. This is expected. <laughs> But it yeah. still, it became a lot because my two-year-old is watching her. And so he's thinking it's okay to cry for everything. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, it clicked maybe three weeks ago. And I'm like, this isn't right. I got to correct this. And so we created this more positive reinforcement. Anytime we say something to you and you react with a good attitude, you get a bean in the jar. Mm-hmm. You get a full jar. You get any toy you want. Mm-hmm. Man, let me tell you. <laughs> full 180. Oh, no, I'm sure. Great attitude about everything. Mm-hmm. The beans are working. And so I think it's important for us coaches to recognize, too, is, hey, there's always discipline, discipline, discipline. Mm-hmm. You can run for these things, but some kids respond different. For sure. Especially this generation of positive sure. reinforcement. It, yeah. Picking out the good behavior, like, hey, I love your response right there, man. Yeah. Hey, one-line drill off at the end of practice, something like that, to help encourage these kids. And, oh, that's making them soft. Mm-hmm. No, man, it's the mindset you're developing right. more than anything, not you can you create toughness in different ways than making mm-hmm. people run or right whatever it is. yeah i think that's very important i think even me as a parent i realized how each child is different the way they respond to discipline and and i learned both of my daughters are different my all three of my daughters are different but my oldest daughter responds the same way mm-hmm. where before we would discipline her and say you got a time out you go to the corner and just sit there and think about what you just did and it just kept happening you know the same thing you know her getting in trouble with her teacher just because she likes to talk a lot or something like that like every time you get a tally you're going to come home and you got time out but then she it would keep happening and so we did the same approach we the reward system hey for every time you come home and you don't get a tally or you don't get in trouble or you're acting right in school you're going to get a star and so by the time you end up with the full calendar of stars we're going to take you to target or wherever you want to go and buy mm-hmm. a toy and uh sure enough it's completely 180 and she Man. started to come home excited telling us that she did well today um, so crazy so, yeah say so, all you tough parents out there <laughs> use a positive reward system there's still discipline for sure mm-hmm. and and you know having timeouts and other whatever your consequences are for your kid have some good consequences too for sure you heard it from me and Rolo, especially if you have daughters. Apparently, this stuff works. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> just listen. Uh, that's awesome, man. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, so uh, you moved uh, from from Shepherd. Um, you had an opportunity to start your own program. Uh, G1. First off, what does G1 mean? I know. God I, first, I, man. You God know, first. that's that's something that me and my buddy Balam, we were sitting in my apartment thinking about the name. And we just prayed on it. It took us a whole day to figure out a team name. You know, mm-hmm. it's very important for us. It's team name is important, right? So yes. this is where it all starts. And uh, we came up with G1, man. Once we heard it and defined it, it was uh, something that we were like, okay, this is it. 
Yeah. No, awesome. And then in starting your own program, um, you know, what were some of the hurdles in starting your own club basketball business for those people who are out there who are, you know, trainers, young trainers who may be thinking about, hey, I should start a club program. Give them the four things, four things that they need to do before they start that program. Before you start the program, I would say one of those things is um, for me, I had to leave it to God. Like I had to make sure that this was God's plan and not my plan. Mm -hmm. Because just because I want to do this doesn't mean it's going to work out, you know, at the end of the day. And this is a long haul for me. And this is something that I was called to do. So I want to pray on it. And then secondly, I would say find a, a friend or somebody that you know that has access to a gym. You know, nowadays you, you you almost you don't have to have a gym, but I think it's it's one of those things that you you should have a plan of how they do something weekly or um, something with the kids where they're actually shooting inside of the gym, just to have that um, organized club program where you know the parents feel like this is they they can see their them being here for the long yeah. term, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then third and fourth, man, it's just about organizing it properly. Communication is huge, you know, with the parents and having a, a somewhat of a regular schedule where the parents can organize their schedule and have something planning ahead. I would say. Yeah. Awesome. And then so you started your program. Um, how many kids did you have in, at the inception of the program? We first started off with about. 30 kids. And this is only because I established great relationships with the families at Shepherd. Um, you know, I, I would go out to eat with them in between games. You know, they'd invite me to birthday parties and, and we just all became very close. So for them, it was an easy transition and just to continue to be, have their kids be coached by me. Yeah. And then it explodes. <laughs> so what, what happens? You went from 30 <laughs> To what, 120? It, man, it, it got like that. to probably 160 uh, was probably our cap. Um, this is pre-COVID. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, it was it was a huge blessing. God has has, has been, you know, with us and, and provided. So it was, it was, it was going well. What happened? I, I want to well. te teach the people how to how to explode the club business. If you want to give them that that uh, <laughs> that nugget. Oh man. Um I think you got to find the system that works for you as far as your, your um, availability with gym access, because, you know, luckily I was very fortunate to have a gym. Um, not at the start. At the start, we had nowhere to go. We didn't know where we were going to practice. Um, long story short, uh, I would, because I, I think this is one of the most impactful stories in G1 is how we got a gym. Um, we, so I was at living with my in-laws at the time and I was struggling because I was like, I don't know how I'm going to make this work. I don't know where we're going to practice. We can't keep practicing outdoors um, because at, at the same time, I felt like people eventually start going elsewhere. Right. But so anyway, I, I ended up wanting to go to 24 hour fitness one morning and saying, you know what, I'm just going to go out there and clear my head right before I step out of the door. I see my, my father-in-law right in front of his lawn just staring out at his front yard and God put it in my heart. I was like, why don't you go talk to him? And I'm thinking to myself, I don't want to do that. Like, I just kind of want to go out. I'm not in the mood. And so I ended up talking to him and I love my father-in-law. This is, it's not that I dislike him or anything. It's just mm -hmm. one of those moments. Like, I just got to want to get out of the house. Yeah. 
And so I ended up talking to him and just to, to talk about the topic of how it is important to be uh, the example in the household and the, the father figure, the girls are watching. And so we ended up praying it, praying it out. As soon as the prayer was over, I look up and I look across the street and I see my buddy, Pastor Doc, looking at an open house. Hmm. And I call out his name and he turns around and he kind of doesn't recognize me at first. And I start walking towards him and he's there. And then he goes, oh, Rolo, what's up? And he starts talking to me about how he just got hired at this local church. And he goes, yo, we should catch up, man. We got a gym in there. We could just shoot around and catch up. And in my mind, I'm like, no way. <laughs> I'm like, there's no way. Like, I didn't want to ask him at the moment because that's not, I felt that it wasn't the right time. But I called him like the next, I don't know, day or two. And I was like, hey, dog, by any chance, is anyone using that gym? He goes, no, nobody ever uses it. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, Man. would you mind if we come in there and practice once or twice a week? He goes, go ahead. And I was just like, there's no way. So through my obedience of saying, you know what, yes. I'll, I'll talk to my father-in-law is how God provided and say, all right. Obedience and prayer. And prayer. Obedience and, and prayer. And, um, and right away, like literally you opened your eyes and the answer yes. was in front. Man. Yeah. So that was the start of man. our uh, practicing indoors. Um, so like I said, man, you got to pray on it uh, and ask yourself, God, do you, is this what you want me to do? And he'll lead you to it, man. And that's how he led me to it. And that's his answer. Like here, I got you a gym. And so ever since then, man, it's just been amazing. I have established like great relationships with different people, man. And and Doc has definitely been one of them. Yeah, no, me too. It's crazy. Me and Doc have known, e known each other. We were in a, a group text mm -hmm. for three full years mm. without ever meeting each other. Wow. And then we meet each other at Shepherd, mm. and he's on my team, <laughs> like randomly on my team. I'm like, yo, you're Doc. Yo, you're Todd. Like, no way. First time meeting and been a great relationship. Yeah. Awesome guy. Yeah. Awesome guy. Uh, what's the name of Doc's church, by the way? Christ Community Church. Go visit. Yeah. Plug. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so awesome church. Um, great. And then so you get into high school coaching around this time as well. Um, mm -hmm. you know what was what was the encouragement for that? Running a club program with a hundred and some kids <laughs> is one thing, right? That yeah. that's a task. That's a full time yeah. job. People, I don't know if people know that. Like running a club program of yeah. that size is a full time job. Mm -hmm. Your hours are the afternoon hours. <laughs> like you're working at the swing shift or whatever, yeah, yeah. and it's a it's a beast of its own because you're mm -hmm. dealing with your coaches, the players, and their parents plus tournament directors. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot. And yeah. then you want to go and coach high school. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Emily. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I was never interested in coaching high school basketball until it was presented by a friend of mine uh, just working out at the gym. Um, I get asked a lot to coaching ba uh, high school basketball, but I always say no, uh, whether it was just not the right fit or not the right timing. It's just a lot, right? I've been mm -hmm. doing G1 and I don't see me having an extra time to do it. Yeah. Um, but for whatever reason, my buddy's like, hey, um, our coach just left at Faith Baptist School and they asked me to fill in and I've been coaching, but I'm not a real like, a basketball coach. We need a real basketball coach. <laughs> Would you want, like, can you come over and help us out? And I'm like, let me think about it, man. Let me pray on it. And um, after like a month or two, 
I decided to go visit the school because he invited me to his, to watch his games. Mm-hmm. So I go over there in the stands and watch his games and just to support him. He's a good friend of mine. So um, he called me over during the game. Like, hey, cook, get over here. And he just kind of asked me, what should I do? <laughs> <laughs> so at that point, I'm like, okay, I, let me let me give this a shot. You know, uh, so I met the pastor of the school, uh, the principal man and the faculty, and they've been amazing. They, they just embraced me full. They just uh, they've been loving and just caring. And when I sense like, man, they just they really care about people and they, they really, uh, you know, generally want me here and just like for the right reason. So yeah. I was just like, yeah, let's try it out. Let's do this. Yeah. And ever since then, man, I've been there for this is my fifth year now. Fifth year. And going there, first year coach, <laughs> CIF champion. Yeah. Um, what was the secret sauce, man? What <laughs> I mean, God, right? Like yeah. you can see everything that you kind of been connected to. There was faith, right? There's faith involved, and God was a huge part of it. And sure. um, it's an awesome testament when you commit your life to him. Like you stop playing pro ball mm-hmm. where you're dropping 40 a game. Like you stop playing pro ball. Yeah to come and serve and do ministry. And God has provided for, for your family through it. He provided something for the community. You're at a high school that has the same morals, values as mm-hmm. you, um, and it's all connected through God, and that's awesome. Um, and then you win a CIF title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it was, it was a crazy story how that happened because in the first few weeks of our practices, we couldn't finish a three-man league. And so I thought... <laughs> Oh, I'm thinking to myself, how am I going to get through this season? And, uh, man, but the kids bought in. They really worked hard, and um, it was a process of getting better. But eventually, man, you start seeing the growth and, and the development, just building their confidence. And um, sure enough, man, the kids started playing a lot better. We started competing at a high level as far as, um, you know, staying in games and giving ourselves a chance to win. And so coming into playoffs – I think they just they just kind of started getting real comfortable as far as like are familiar with like the scene yeah and how to handle the pressure and um i think it was god's hand over that too because that same year i lost my mom mm. or sorry the, the 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 a few months prior to that is um right before the season started my we lost my mom and um it was hard for me but i think god had his hand over it because as soon as uh, we got to that championship, man, I just kept praying and just to help me, like, mentally, emotionally, just kind of stay in it and just kind of finish strong. Yeah. Um, and, man, we ended up winning it, and I broke down. I remember being at Palm Springs and uh, standing out in the front of my my room and just uh, breaking down because I was just like, I think this was God's way of just kind of showing me, like, man, you're going to be okay. Yeah. It's going to work out. Um, and even if we did lose, man, I think I had that same mentality, same mindset, but I, I was just really appreciative, like, yeah. for God to allow me to have that moment. Um, so it was it was really special, man. You know, a special group, uh, special kids. Um, and um, even now, like, I appreciate the support from the school. Like, they've been never, never any pressure. You know, they never really put anything on my head, like, hey, coach. Make sure we're doing this. Then, like, let them be. They just let me be and just let me do my thing. So it's been great. It's, it's because, like you said earlier, 
you care more about who the kid is mm-hmm. than the basketball. Mm-hmm. And um, I know Faith Baptist at their heart, that's what they really mm-hmm. care about too. Mm-hmm. And that that is that's coaching, man. Yeah. And and that's what this is really, really all about. For sure. Sorry. <laughs> We're gonna recut that. Who the heck is that? Oh, okay. Was she looking in here? Is that what happened? Oh, okay. And they didn't. No. Sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> Freaked me out. She's, yeah. she's like kind of creeping. Okay. <laughs> All right. Back to it. Um, what was the last thing you said? You win it. Okay. Sorry. I'm messing <laughs> you. You're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, let's see how I want to get back into this. <laughs> All right. No, yeah. The um, is there now? Since then, you've had great teams along the way. Never reaching that CIF title again, mm-hmm. yet. Right. Yeah. Yet, is there is there a secret sauce to it? Is there what what do you think was so dynamic in that year, and what can you tell another first year coach to really focus on? Um, in, in hopes to, to win a title? Um, I think you got to focus on what works. Uh, for each team is different. Each year is different. Uh, for us, the first year, uh, we found a system defensively that was best, that worked for us, and we stuck to it, and we ran with it. Um, and then the next year, we kind of had to mix it up because, okay, teams started picking up on it. And then uh, finding different schemes, right? Like, you got to make the other coach coach you. Yeah. coach against you. So I would, I'd try to make a lot of adjustments. I'll just switch it up. Um, and, you know, for me, I just try to trust that for, uh, I'll, let me rewind real quick because at first I would tell kids, you let's just continue to focus on driving the basketball. And because we would, sometimes we shoot the ball and we hit the side of the backboard. I'm like, well, we can't do that. <laughs> you know? So like, let's focus on getting to the basket. And then I started letting go of it a little bit. Hey, if you're open, you got to shoot it. If you're open, you shoot it. And it kind of built their confidence and it helped us a lot more as far as opening up the floor. Um, but yeah, so I learned to let go a little bit yeah. and not just nitpick on what they should or can't do. I just pick my spots. That's good. And um and give them that confidence because if we consider rag on them, they're always going to question themselves. Um, so that's what I learned as a coach, as I coach more at faith is just, you know, accepting that, you know, we're just going to have some bad games and we just have to get better, you know? Yeah, absolutely, man. Congratulations on all your success Thank so you, far man. with high school and continued success with that G1, everything you're doing, man, you're, you're, uh, you're a beacon in this community. Thank you, man. You know? I appreciate and it. Same with you, man. So many kids. Thank you. So yeah. many kids who've come through the program and, yeah. you know, that, that you've been a part of and, and um, going to continue to do that. Man. Yeah. So, well, I'll, I'll say this about you, man. You know, I, I started coaching basketball and you taught me how to become a better trainer. You know, I, I, I hone in on becoming a great coach and, and trying to improve myself every year. But me as a trainer, I look to you and say, you know what? We're going to work on our drag step today. We're going to work on oh, the different levels, how to use our layups. Um, so there's things that I 
took from you and I put in my program just based on being being at core prep for those few for the short amount of time but I learned a lot and so I I, I value that and um, I even now use examples of kids like Elijah and Isaiah and those kind of guys that my guys are familiar with they know who they are they've seen them play and I'm like for you to get to that level there's a certain focus you gotta have yeah and one thing I do remember from a kid like Elijah and Isaiah and those guys, and there's a few guys that come to mind, is that anytime I was around them, I noticed that they weren't distracted by whatever everybody else was doing. If somebody else was goofing off and kind of messing around and not taking it serious, I look over to Isaiah or Elijah and those guys, and they just focus, like lasered focus on what they needed to do yep. for that specific drill. And I think that's a difference for us to really, if you really want to be that good, then you got to be different, right? Yes. You can't be like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And you got to have the mindset of this is what it means to be different, right? Yeah, I'm different. Well, you got to train <laughs> a little different, right? Because right now you ain't, you ain't there yet. The training wheels got to come off. You, you, we got to, te- we got to show you how to do it and you got to pick it up right now. Let's do it. 100%. Right? So we we can't continue to coddle you. There's only so many years, man. It's getting close to your high school years now. Yes. Yeah, let's get this down. <laughs> right. It's thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you, first and foremost. And um, he's talking about Isaiah Elohim and Elijah Arenas, who were in core, and Rollo mm-hmm. was at core, which I, we didn't even talk about. But mm-hmm. um, I think it's important for parents to know that, mm-hmm. that your kid could be in the gym all day long and be halfway focused and not get the results. Um, That mental focus has something to do with their parents first. I think they learn that in the household Mm -hmm. and then two, allowing them to be coached. Mm -hmm. So parents allow your kids to experience somebody who's going to push them out of their comfort zone Mm -hmm. and tell them what they need to do and show them the work ethic they need to have Mm -hmm. to get to where they want to be. For sure. The earlier you do it, the better. Not the later. Don't right. try to save them from mean coaches until they're in high school. Right. It's too late then. Mm-hmm. It's too late. You got to get that tough love coach. And that doesn't mean that he's screaming and yelling and right. cussing. It's yeah. that he's holding him accountable and telling him, calling out what he's doing wrong to help fix it. Right. And that's the part where these parents who have all the resources in the world and get you with the best trainers, but their kid never really amounts to... Mm or gets reaches their goals mm-hmm. is because they're not held accountable. As soon as there's right. something tough comes along, right. they run from it right. or they try to save them. Yeah. Let them go through it, man. Yeah. And I think as parents mm-hmm. even too, right? We, I asked my kids the other day, is it our job as parents to let you do whatever you want? <laughs> Are you allowed to just leave your room messy? Is your parents going to get on you if it's messy? Right. Okay. <laughs> so as your coach, I'm telling you, your room is messy right now. Yes. And you got to clean it up. Yes. And I think as as parents and as coaches, um, we got to come and approach them in a way where they're going to respond and not react to, yes. oh, coach is just um, giving that body language. Hey, man, I'm, I'm here because I care. I really want you to get better. Yes. And I want you to be able to embrace that. And say, all right, I got you, coach. Yeah. All right. So when you get to your 
high school or your college coach one day, they're, they're going to love that, man. Yes. They're going to be more than happy to give you a chance. Yeah. Exactly. So, no, pre preparing them for what what's to come. Like yeah. we're experts at this. We've been through it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Allow us to be the expert at yeah. getting your kid to where they want to be. Yeah. So thank you, parents. Anyways, uh <laughs> awesome, man. We're gonna roll to the next part of our show. Um, it is my rushmore. Okay. Your rushmore, your top four. We have to do shooters. This is all <laughs> we're talking about. Top yeah. four shooters all time. All time, without a doubt, without question. Steph Curry is number one. He, I mean, I think we all can accept that. Like, he's just that guy. Um, second on my list, I grew up watching Ray Allen, and I tried to mimic him as much as I can. So I would say Ray Allen's my second, and then Reggie Miller. And my fourth is tough, man, because there's so many guys out there, but there's another guy that's I very my game's similar to his, um, and I teach I teach my kids in a way where if you're not super athletic, you can still be effective and make an impact in the game. Yeah. And I would watch JJ Redick yeah. be that guy, like he was in the most athletic. He was just running around like crazy. He tried to find ways to get open, and he had a killer shot. Like if you left him open, it's going in. Yeah. And you could see in his technique, in his form. Everything was just so calculated, like the way he would come off screens, his footwork and his step, you know, step back and whatever it was. I could see that this this guy was a master at his shot. Absolutely. Whether he was the one or two, three, four guy, he was always ready to shoot. Right. So yeah. he was, I think. And his mid range game was underrated. Right. Like right. He even hit yeah. the mid range. Yeah. Like in my, my Rushmore looks a little bit different. I got Steph up there. My and not any order, but Clay is on mine. Yeah, I am. Yeah. I am um, like Clay. I tell kids shoot like Clay. I don't know why I forgot about Clay, I, but he's definitely for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I tell kids to shoot like Clay. Steph, Steph is Steph is unique. Like he's a for real unicorn. <laughs> like let's not even talk about that. Right? <laughs> Clay, you can. Can I stop you real quick? Because I think sure. you you talked to me at a session. When I was working on, I don't know, for, I forget, it was some core prep kid. Uh, and I was trying to teach him how I would shoot. And he goes, well, he's, he's not like you. Or he doesn't shoot like that. Like, you got to <laughs> teach him this way. To, this is how we're going to work on him because you're going to teach him. It's just going to, it's going to be, it's going to throw him off a little bit. Let's <laughs> just work on this first, you know, which is funny. Yeah. And I, honestly, if I'm looking at, I I, you, I only say that because you talk about stuff like, dude, that guy's just you can't cheat. Some people yeah, just yeah. have it. Some people yeah. just have it. You just have it. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. you said, you were throwing the ball like this, making it, <laughs> and then you fix your form and you yeah. still make it. Mm -hmm. There are just some people who just are crazy, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, Clay Steph, Ray Allen has to be there. Uh, just his his consistency, yeah. His work ethic towards it, his his the nuances in shooting mm -hmm. and um. I don't know if people go watch Ray Allen in college mm. in early in his career. He was a slasher. Mm -hmm, he had dunk mm -hmm. on you. Yeah. Yeah. And then his shot just got better and better and better when mm -hmm. the Celtics happened. He had to redefine his role because he's playing with, you know, some other superstars. So yeah. um, just his journey through shooting and improving it. And man, 
I want to be smart here. <laughs> I want to be smart here in what I say. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, mine's Kyle Corver, man. Yeah. Kyle That's Corver. He's just. You can't go wrong with a guy like that. A man defined by his shooting mm-hmm. and um, just consistency and um, like ultimate professional and. Like you said, somebody who's not crazy athletic. Same thing. Jay, these him and JJ Redick are like right there for mm-hmm. me, right? Not just because they're white guys, just <laughs> just because of the type of players yeah, they were. Yeah. Um, but Kyle Corbett for me, um, and and it's just his shots just beautiful every single time. I could watch mm-hmm. highlights of Kyle Corver. Like I yeah. watch highlights of like Kobe and Jordan, mm-hmm. just watching them shoot. Yeah. But um, that's NBA. Honestly, you would probably be on my like <laughs> my Rushmore of players I've seen in person. Yeah. Rolo, Alfonso, <laughs> uh, Tommy Mitchell, mm-hmm. shoot the crap out the ball, and uh, who else? It might actually be Josh Merrill, man. That guy he can shoot, shoot the ball, he man. When he's hot, he is hot. But I've seen him go <laughs> off for sure. Yeah, you know, it, it's I appreciate that, man. It, and one of those things that I would never forget. Um, and this is not to brag, but this is one of my moments as a player. And everybody has those moments. You're like, man, I really appreciate. It. You know, we. When I played in that all-star game with Drew Holiday, yep. I remember him looking at me and he goes, Bro, if you were more athletic, mm. like you could play. Like you you would play. Yeah. And I, I just like I always hold on to that because I'm like, I don't know if he remembers him saying that, <laughs> but I remember it. I'm gonna right. hold on to that. I'm up like as a player, you're like, you I, you appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it's cool to be in those moments. Um and we're gonna talk about one of your moments, mm. man. Uh, probably most, probably one of the most memorable moments for you it has Absolutely. to be. Um, so he is also known as Sicario in the Drew <laughs> League. Um, and in 2000, was this eight, 19, 18, 19? Uh, 18, 2018, one most inspirational player. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, tell the story, tell the story. So when I was presented this award, um, I took it as you're better than who, who you thought we were, like who, who we thought you were. Um, so I'm like, man, I t- I'll take it. But no, when I played in the Drew League, man, it, it I was um, out there, man, just confident. You know, I was trying not to overthink too much because I think you get caught up in playing a game like that in the atmosphere. Yeah, you could get nervous and you could start second guessing yourself and worrying about airballing or not making the right pass. For me, man, it took me just like owning it, like you know, for us to do well, I, I got to do well, and so for that. One season, um, I was able to put up good numbers and and play among guys like against those NBA guys and and so at the end of the season, man, uh, the guy Dino asked me to come back the following day. Unfortunately, we lost in the semis, but he had asked me to come back the very next day, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll go back. I'll come back." And I was actually thinking, "Oh man." traffic and thinking, <laughs> I don't know, maybe I should. So anyway, I ended up going and good thing I did because uh, little did I know my, the guy I grew up watching, the guy, my favorite player of all time was the one that handed me the, the reward. Kobe Bryant was um, a jaw dropping moment. And for me, it was just uh, by the grace of God, for me, it's, yeah. it's a way of saying, you grew up watching this guy. This is this is something that'll be special, and I want to hand to you. And I'll give this moment to you. So I, I took it as that moment. It's just like, man, 
I was really grateful for that, you know, just like him hugging me, saying good stuff, my man, uh, was just so mind blowing for me, you know, just to be able to hug Kobe Bryant and for me, for him to acknowledge me, um, was pretty, pretty awesome. Man, amazing, amazing what, what God can do. Mm -hmm. And for somebody who didn't play high major college basketball and who stopped playing pro ball to coach kids mm -hmm. where basketball took you still mm. because of the work ethic, your faith in God, your everything that you stand for, man, you mm -hmm. know, brought you to a full circle moment. Like mm -hmm. those are the moments for us who didn't make the NBA, like made us feel like we're in the NBA. Exactly. And exactly. Um, man, I, I ha we always got to, that doesn't happen to everybody, right? People are amazed by the opportunities that people like us get because we're, we're in LA. Yes. And both of us have been blessed. Hey, we, we got to coach Matt Barnes kids and mm. random stuff just because we're in a geographical location, but also, man, I 100% believe is by the grace of God for sure. And, you know, I want to just encourage everybody to have that faith that God has something for. He wants to give you your desires and your dreams. And mm -hmm. it may not look like what we think it is growing up where, Oh, I'm being the NBA. Right. Well, no, it's going to be a moment where Kobe's handing you right. something right. <laughs> and giving yeah. you a hug and telling you something or being able to train high level NBA guys and just mm -hmm. being in places that some people will never be because of the faith and because of our commitment, you know, to God and our families and those yeah. little things. I think, like you said, man, you said it earlier when with your father-in-law, the obedience and prayer. And so, just encourage the people, man. Rolo's a testament to obedience and prayer, and so yeah, it, it's been it's been overwhelming with like how God has uh, really put me in places where I never thought I'd be. Right, just like that moment with Kobe. Um, even to this day, man, I never thought I'd be where I am as far as where I'm living and with my family and and all the people that I've met. It, it's been it's been amazing. You know, I never. I never take it for granted. So it's it's been a huge blessing. But through all that, I'm still reminded even to this day. Like, I remember playing at a school game and in front of the whole school. And and I'm out there. Everybody's like, oh, we got Coach Rolo playing. And, and they're expecting me to go out there and just put on a show. Dude, I couldn't hit a lick of <laughs> anything. I was missing everything. And for me in that moment, and I apologize, like I was, I was apologizing to the pastor of this church, like, yo, I'm sorry, this, this never happens. Like, I can shoot, I promise you. I can. And so that happened, and, and, and the very next, I couldn't sleep that night because I felt so bad. The whole school's watching, oh my and God. all the teachers are bragging that we're going to kick their, the kids' butts, and we ended up losing, and they spanked us. Like, they were dunking on us, they were doing, I was like, why don't y'all do this during the season? So we ended up losing, and I go up home. I go home, and I just I call my coach who was there at the game. I was like, Juan, how how bad was it? He goes, it was, you weren't bad. You were terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I ended up not going to sleep that night, man, and, and thinking, I was like, why? How did this happen? And questioning myself, and, and it clicked. The next day, it clicked. I was just reading my word. In the middle of it, I'm just like, I get it. Like my identity is not who I am as a basketball player or as this coach walking around campus, but who I am as a person, 
Mm. Just walking on campus amongst all these kids. So you shouldn't like I don't think I was meant to to just go off and and proclaim that I'm this guru basketball guy that's going to save the school and win games. Mm-hmm. This guy's just a regular dude, yeah. you know, that's yeah. doing God's work. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome reminder. Very. Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for sharing that. All right. This is the part of the show where we flip the script. You become the interviewer. I'm the, yeah, you become the interviewer. I'm the interviewee. I said that right. Yeah. Questions for me. Um, my question would be, how do you balance your life, like your work schedule, family life, how to make quality time with your wife, not just your, your kids and wife, but like, how do you balance everything? So I made a decision maybe three years ago that I will not do basketball things after three o'clock. Mm. And that's when most basketball things happen in mm. our world. Mm-hmm. So I decided that well, my kids still wake up early, but I'm like, mm. if I get all my stuff done early in the morning with training and all of that, um, then I'll be able to spend time with my family in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I've done for the last few years. I, it doesn't always work out that way. There's random stuff that happens. I got to go to a high school game or, hey, Rolo needs a practice. Every time you call me to call a practice, mm-hmm. let me talk to the wife. <laughs> I got I to gotta clear it. I get it. And um, that decision, right, I could probably, and this is not boasting, I'd probably make another $100,000 a year if I work between 3 and 9 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And I don't because I want to be present. I want to spend time with my wife and my kids and have that that uh quality time with them because it's so important to me to to have that and so that that's literally i think the biggest part is deciding to not train after three o'clock not do anything so i do all my training in the morning from 5 a.m to 8 a.m i run core which happens during the school day thank god for that idea and um you know i knew from a very young age that my marriage and my family were going to be the biggest part of what i do you know, besides my relationship with God. So um, it, it, the idea of core has allowed me to do that now. Yeah, so, that's awesome. Man. Yeah, yeah. My second question would be, you know, a lot of people probably don't know this. They probably do. But uh, for me, looking from the inside and, and I don't know if people know this about core prep and what you guys provide for the kids with the ministry side with like bringing a guy like doc in and talking and speaking to the kids and other people as well right but how how important is it for them to have that aside from basketball it's the most important thing um core is ministry right it's a reason that we're a heritage christian school and we're allowed to um, share our faith with the kids and do it in a way of love and Mm -hmm. we live our life out in that way bringing doc in was like so he's not, he hasn't worked for core anymore. He works for the school as a Bible teacher. Mm-hmm. Like he came, he became, he was the core Bible teacher and he got hired as the, a teacher of the school. That's, awesome. That's how impactful he was. Mm-hmm. Um, last year we had um, uh, Russell Green, who is our uh, director of student wellness, had, he did one-on-ones with the student every month and was investing into them. You know, he's a nutritionist. So he's talking about physical health mm-hmm. but emotional and spiritual health became the most important thing and he still has a bond with those kids 
Um, he, he moved now, so he lives somewhere else. But he has a bond with bond with those kids, and they look to him for mm-hmm. these spiritual um, for spiritual direction. And it's the most important thing because at the end of the day, basketball ends. At the end of the day, they're going to be faced with uh, peer pressure, social media pressure, uh, parents tripping, uh, girls and situations. Mm-hmm. So they know that they have a home base to come back to where we're not your parents, but we're going to make sure you're protected. Mm-hmm. And we're going to make sure we give you the right advice to, you know, get your life where you want it to be to be able to reach your goals. And yeah. so we pour into them. You know, we have devotionals every week. We are able to pray with the kids. They're able to come and talk to us and we mentor them. Yeah. Um, something we need to do more. We talk about all the time. It's like, we need more of this. Like, right. is Russell, it's your fault. I know you're watching <laughs> this. Come back. Uh, <laughs> we need somebody like that is specifically focused on their spiritual yeah. development because yeah. don't matter what your doesn't matter what their religion is or any of that. It's about knowing that you have somebody you can turn to that could point you to God. Yeah. Whoever your God is. You know, for us on a Christian campus is Jesus, right? But we want to always make sure these kids know that there's somebody here that anything you have in life, mm-hmm. I know somebody who could take care of that right. for you. Right. <laughs> so Yeah, I think that's super cool. And I think I, I raised that question because for me, one of the proudest moments, uh, there's a lot of problem. I can think of the kids at CORE and even for my kids at G1, Doc would, Doc would come and speak to the kids. And specifically last week, he'd come in and just start asking the kids, what does God say about you? Mm. That, that simple question. And then kids started raising their hands left and right and giving a different answer. And, and just like the hearing what the kids were saying was just uh, super awesome to see. I was just like, wow, yeah. this, is, um, this is something that God's doing. Um, that it's way more important than what I could teach them on the basketball court, right? So for me, that was that was one of the mo- most memorable moments, even, and it just happened. Um, but then I think about a kid like Sean. He he uh, got up on stage, man, and proclaimed his and, tes- and shared his testimony, and and uh, that was really nice to see, man. That was yeah. really cool. And a- even other guys, man, like uh, I talked to parents. I talked to parents, and they're like. Your parents, there, there's some of your parents. They're just like, hey, I was going through a hard day, and my son was quoting Bible scripture to me. <laughs> um, so just hearing those conversations, man, I think that's really, really great to see. So you guys are doing great stuff over there, man. No, I appreciate it, yeah. man. Appreciate it, and um, you need to come back and visit us. Absolutely, um, man. It's great having you on the show, man. Um, yeah, this is this is beautiful. Uh, you have a 24 second shot clock now. That's your camera. Speak to the people. Let them know where they can find you. Let them know about your league. Let them know about G1 um, and anything else important. Now you got 24 seconds to do it, though. Good luck. All right, guys. I'm Coach Frollo, director at G1 Elite Basketball, coaching at Faith Baptist as well. You guys are more than welcome to DM me on G1 Elite Basketball or even go to our website, G1LinkInkBball.com. And hope to see you guys around. And uh, thank you for having me. Awesome, man. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you, man. Yes, sir. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Peace.